You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we are joined by a special guest, international basketball player Lee Roberts. We'll talk about Lee's career, how the coronavirus is impacting his future, and important questions like whether he thinks Carol Baskins killed her husband. Later, we talk about Rob Gronkowski's reunion with Tom Brady and some major downsizing coming to minor league baseball. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everybody, it's Mac. And I'm Heather, who wasn't released from the WWE this week, Lewis. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you, fi- you you listen. And if you're an Apple subscriber, we would love a five-star review. If you leave us a review, we will read it on the next episode, but we don't have any new reviews this week. But And remember to leave your name. Yeah, leave your name. Uh, but we do have a special guest this week. Joining us from his home in Perth, Australia, professional basketball player for Club Atletico Aguada in Uruguay and my childhood basketball teammate, Lee Roberts. How you doing today, Lee? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. How's everything going down in Australia? Um, everything's going really well down here, to be honest, man. Um, obviously, um, involving the coronavirus, uh, we've all we had four cases across all of Australia uh, yesterday, so we're doing real well. Wow, uh, I, I I think we had four in our county. Uh, yeah, in the last like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, but they, I know Australia's kind of had a rough, uh, rough year so far. Yeah, man. You know, with the fires and everything, uh, it's been it's been a tough one. It's been a tough twenty twenty for everyone so far. But uh, yeah. we're resilient, and you know, we'll bounce back. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, for those who don't know, as I mentioned, Lee is a professional basketball player. He p- currently is with. Team Aguada in Uruguay, that's right? Yeah, I was just most recently in Aguada um, in Uruguay. Um, unfortunately, we had to cut the season short right before playoffs. And, um, I had to head home with the family. But, you know, we're all dealing with this thing um, in our own ways. And, you know, thankfully, I got I got home. But, yeah, that's where, uh, that's where we're at currently. Uh and uh, you were you you're a center, right? And power power forward. Yep. Yeah, power forward and play a little bit of center. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I Lee, mean, what, what's that, Mac? Positions don't matter anymore, anyway, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lee was also a member of the 2009 Finley Oilers, who were the Division Two National Championship uh, champions. Sorry. Uh, tell us yeah, a little man. bit about that. How was that? And that was such a cool experience. Um, I went through college, four years of, of playing college, and um, I only lost 12 games. Uh, yeah, I read that, and I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. You don't dude. hear that. You don't hear that. Yeah. All you've done is, like, win. I, I, I'd like to think 
that just by looking you up on Wikipedia, like you have to wake up in the morning and just think, I piss excellence because <laughs> I mean, it when, when uh, Tim said you were going to come on, man, we all looked you up and I was just like, holy shit, man. I was, I was with Heather, you know, just like, man. <laughs> Lee got all of his uh, losing out early in this is in his career because I'm pretty sure the team that we played on together was like one and fifteen or something like that. <laughs> I mean, what year was that? <laughs> oh God, uh, it would have had to have been ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that. Because I moved away in two thousand. Right, right. So it was like right before high school. Okay. Yeah, it would have been like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there. Yeah, wait, wait to weigh that team down, Tim. Yeah, wait, yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly, I was uh, the star of that team. <laughs> well, I, I feel like then, okay, well, then I feel like that was like really long ago for me to ask my first question, which was, what was it like growing up with young Dimothy over there? But I feel like that was quite a quite a while ago and there's a lot of life in between so uh, no it's actually uh, kind of funny because i told my mom that uh, i was going on the show and if you remember tim our moms were really close so yep. uh by the I'm way drunk. she does say hi uh, i tell her i said hi <laughs> <laughs> Mom, yeah, your hopefully. mom was definitely involved in that team i'm not sure who was actually the coach um, your mom or your dad? Yeah, it's, it's funny because those were my first years of basketball, and I, um, you know, I didn't really like basketball even that much, and I was really focused on some other sports and and whatnot. But um, obviously, you know, that was very young, and <laughs> time time told that basketball was going to be it for me, but. Um, I do remember growing up with you, Tim. Um, I've been over your house quite a few times, um, and <laughs> I've been over mine. <laughs> and, you know, it brings back really cool, fond memories for sure. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I still remember. Didn't you guys have like an old like maroon minivan with Alaska license plates? <laughs> You got it right, man. <laughs> For some reason, I still of remember that. Of course, you minivan. would remember that. Why? Would, I mean, <laughs> clearly, that's that's the most you know notable thing that really needs to be on his Wikipedia page. I'll make Gro sure to make the edit up, later. Growing up in Northeast Ohio, you don't see a lot of Alaska license plates, so that kind of stuck out to me, and for some reason, is still in my head. <laughs> And that van is a sentimental part of my life, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I saw that you were you were born in Seattle, though, right? Yeah, I was born in Seattle. Um, I was a military brat, so okay, we moved that, was, that was exactly, that was my next question. Like, for you being born in Seattle, then going to Alaska, I was like, and then going to Ohio, I was like, oh, he must yeah. be military dude. Or brat, or brat, yeah. Yeah. So they've been all over the states, you know, I was all over growing up, and, you know, landed in Northeast Ohio for, for most of the time, but, um, I but yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we, we don't badmouth Ohio here, Heather. Yes, we do. 
Oh, okay. you, you do. To put everything in perspective, I did try out for the middle school team that Lee played on, and I ended up as the manager, which means oh. I was dedicated to do nothing. <laughs> I didn't even realize they had block and tackle and basketball, but yeah. clearly that's what you did. I was. <laughs> remember, um, I didn't make the eighth grade team. Um, well, okay, I, so I actually didn't know that. I moved away after seventh. Right. So, yeah, you weren't there that year. Um, the next year, I, I didn't even make the team, man. Oh, wow. Um, I, I played for Middleburg Heights Rec that year. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I almost, didn't, I almost didn't play basketball in high school, man. Uh, it was a big blow to not be on the team with the guys and to, you know, try out again. Not to mention, I was only about five nine as a uh, um, going into my freshman year, so that that played a big role too. <laughs> yeah, the, the the late growth spurt that puts you, uh, you know, tall enough to play the four or five. Yeah, what I are mean, you six seven now, according to your Wikipedia page? Let's just acknowledge first of all that you are our first guest. We've had thirty four episodes. You're our first guest with a, their own Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> We're clearly, we're clearly moving on up. Yeah. I mean, Lee, you, the, the great thing is, is like, it's an actually well put together one and not like something like where your mom popped on Wikipedia and is like, oh, I got this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys approved, man. Uh, makes me feel good. <laughs> well, so, well, so my next question for you is, um, where has your favorite place been to play? In you all played the places. A lot of you places. played a lot of different places. Yeah, um, man, I've been really blessed and fortunate to to go a lot of different places around the world, and I think it's pretty obvious that Australia uh, probably marked the top of the list. But mm. if we take Australia off of there, um, man, we played. I played one season in Rome. I played for for Rome, mm. and you know, just that was amazing. Yeah, just the his the history, you know. The people and and everything about Rome was just so cool. So that was that was my favorite outside of Australia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what is it like? Because um, uh, I've seen, you, I mean, like a guy like Trajan Langdon. I'm, I, you know, I'm a big Cavs fan, and you know, he was taken in the first round by the Cavs, and then he ends up, you know, you know, going overseas to to play basketball. I think for like another ten years. Um, but he he kind of did the same thing you did. Like I, I played a couple seasons here and a couple seasons there, and you know he bounced around a little bit. But like, what's it like to be essentially a, a, a barnstormer um, as you're pursuing your professional career? Um, man, it's it's actually sort of the opposite for me of, of what you just sort of said because you know I did come from a Division two school and. You know, no matter the success that you have, you know, we're already an underdog. So it was really me sort of taking what I could get um, and trying to move up the ladder. Um, I bounced around from a few different agents to begin with until I got to my agent, you know, that I have now. And, you know, we put a plan together to sort of move move me in the best direction, which involved bouncing around to a few different countries. and. Uh, and, you know, I ended up in Argentina probably for the, or definitely for the longest I was there for five seasons. And um, 
you know, that once you get into a league and, and you establish yourself and obviously the pay is good, you know, you stick around and it, it becomes sort of your, I don't want to put it out of context, but your NBA, that's your league. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so that's, that's sort of the story. And, you know, then you get opportunities where, you know, I was playing very well in Argentina and then China called, you know, so drop everything. It's yeah. time to go to China. <laughs> it's, uh, so what, that's, what, that's, yeah. What's it been like, you know, obviously international basketball has kind of been on the rise for the majority of your career. Um, what's it like to be seeing that rise and oh Lord, his mic went internationally out. and what what what's what's that like seeing the rise of international basketball? Um, man, it's really cool. It's inspiring, you know. Um, there there was a period before me where um, international basketball was was pretty big, but it um, as in payment wise, you know, guys were getting you know, a lot of money, but it wasn't on the map because there's no social media. You know what we have, you know, the vehicles to sort of. Uh, <laughs> advance what we have what we, what's going on over here and then now with um you know some guys opting out of college and heading overseas that just exponentially puts more spotlight on on what we're doing over here it's definitely not for everybody it, it's tough you know going into other cultures other countries um you know speaking other languages and whatnot um but it's it, it's a really really um, eye-opening and experience. Yeah, I was... Oh, dear. Oh, oh Lord. No, oh, there he is. He's back. There, there we go. go. Okay. <laughs> we'll just cut Sorry. that out. That's fine. Well, so, well that kind of leads me then to my next question of are the fans different in each of the different countries that you've played at? Like, in how they interact with the players and how they interact with the game? Like, is is that kind of a universal thing, or like does does culture play into it? No, culture is one hundred percent a role, and I'll give you two great examples. All right, so um, I played in Japan for one year, um, and it was a franchise team. You know, all the hype, all of everything, and. I mean, we filled stadiums packed and it was it was weird. I had a clause in my contract I've never had before where I had to sign autographs. You know, it was it was a statement and I mm -hmm. thought nothing of it until yeah. it happened. And mm -hmm. we had to sit up for games for like an hour and a half signing autographs for these people. But during the game, like you get your chance and your cheers, but it was almost I mean, it's almost like um, a theater play or something like that where you applaud, you know, when there's a good part and, you know, but most of the time it's quiet. And it was just, it was such a weird thing. I went to the All-Star game. We had 16,000 people at the All-Star game and mm -hmm. there was a free throw that you could hear a pin drop, you know, things wow. like that. So, so it's nothing like what it is here where it's just noise all the time. Well, I, like, I know my grandfather, he worked for a steel mill that was bought by a Japanese company in the early 90s, so he had to go over there, um, and it, it was the same way in the baseball stadiums. You know, he was just shocked about how quiet and kind of, uh, uh, 
I get I, I, maybe reverential is not the right word. No, that's exactly. I was going to say okay. that where it's, where it's like there's a certain level of reverence for yeah. the sport. Yeah, and they, they just yeah. sat there and, and like Lee was saying, they clapped, you know, when somebody got on base and then it went back to like pin drop. And my grandpa is just sitting there like, what the fuck? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, um, I imagine it's a little different, like when you go down to South America, though, where, the, like you right. said, the culture so, is a little different. That was going to be my next example. So just most recently on my team in Uruguay, um, they boast the biggest fan base of basketball, they say, in all of South America. Um, they compare themselves to, to soccer teams. And you know how big soccer is yeah. all over the world, but in South America, they're they're pretty passionate. Um, <clears throat> an understatement, but yeah, so, go ahead. We're in um, we're in the second game of the season, and the first home game of the season, and three minutes into the game, the ref blows the whistle, and I'm, you know. I thought I'm thinking it's an inadvertent whistle. And then all of a sudden you look up in the stands and the fans are literally fighting. And, <laughs> and I'm not, yes! talking about, not talking about, you know, USA, get a couple of pushes and the police come and break it up. I'm talking about there's nobody there to break it up. They've got big ass barricades that they're tossing back and forth at yes! metal barricades turned into Wrestlemania up in the stands you know, got these huge drums that they boom you know they're beating in the stand. they're tossing these back and forth for each other and like things are going crazy people are climbing up the rafters and they then the battle ref- drums oh my god <laughs> the rest this is amazing <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, number one on out. Heather's bucket list now is to go to Uruguay basketball. Oh my god! Team. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, it's absolutely crazy. It's nuts. You, the whole they sing the whole game. They they're up on their feet chanting the whole game, and you've never been in a more loud stadium. And they're the, they're not the nicest stadiums, you know, like like state of the art like we have in the US. Sometimes they're just these little small gyms and you can barely fit two, three thousand people in them, but they pack them out and they go nuts, man. And it's just an experience like, that Yeah. And I feel like too, like that's why you do it. Like yeah, that right there is because Oh my God, that's a, that sounds like my kind of party. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say when the, the minute you said they're throwing barricades, I was like, Yep, here comes Heather. Oh, yeah. And there's drums and everything. I, yes. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I think uh, anywhere where you have strong, like, soccer cultures, um, you have, like, a more exuberant fan base. Uh, I mean, I've had uh, a couple guys I went to school with played, like, um, American football in Germany uh, for their professional, you know, American football league. And he's like, yeah, there's only, like, 300 people there but it sounds like there's 10,000 because they're just you know loud and, and really into the game you know and yeah and it's just it's a great experience you know um we won the championship in Argentina um my my first year playing there and uh it was a five game series game five we won by one point on on the road oh man and 
it's funny because I ended up playing for this club later. But um, <laughs> and there's a video of this, right? That uh, after we won the championship, like I'm running and I'm celebrating, I'm celebrating, and all of a sudden I look up in the stands and all this, all the fans just start like coming on the on the court, and I'm like. Oh shit! I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I go into the back where the locker rooms are at. My coach and the other coach are fist fighting in the back. <laughs> I'm oh, like, this story was like, gets it was, better and better. It was just like it was just us three. It was just us three. In the back. <laughs> and they were like. <laughs> and, I grab my coach and I'm like trying to wrestle him away and like, and I'm just so overwhelmed and I'm like, we won, we won, we won. And I'm like trying to grab him away. And, but so now that I've watched the video, I go back and look and like half of our players are fighting their fans. <laughs> like the entryway to the back, to the locker room. Uh, it's, it's intense, man. It's, uh, it's pretty intense, but it's fun. You know, you don't get that experience, you know, pretty probably anywhere else. Oh, no. So, so that that might answer my next question. Other than you know the Division Two championship, you've won three championships: one in Argentina, one in Israel, and one in Australia. Which one is your favorite? Which one means the most to you? Um, well, the most to me is probably the NCAA. You know that one was with my guys. You know, four years with them, and you know, thirty-six and zero senior year to top it off and i'm not sure if you guys saw the video on that uh on that uh championship but we won that at the buzzer on a buzzer beater yeah i was reading about <laughs> it in overtime if i yeah. remember correctly yeah 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 um so that one was was pretty cool they uh man uh second to that would probably be the argentina championship okay. uh -huh. it's just you know that was early in my career um my first professional championship and you know i had a real connection with those guys and that was that was really fun and good all right do you pick up languages pretty easily or do you just kind of learn as you go <laughs> um i do speak spanish um after being down there for for that long um but i tried i tried italian uh it wasn't too great you know, <laughs> and I didn't even try Japanese. So. <laughs> well, have you um, have you had the chance to play any like international like MVP level athletes? I was gonna say like yeah. I, I was gonna ask a similar question. Who's the biggest name you've played against? Against mm -hmm. or with? Or with? It doesn't matter. So my very first team, and this is actually really crazy. Um, <laughs> I had Dennis Schroeder and Daniel Tice on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were, they were, they okay, were judging by Max' face, I guess those are big names. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just being a basketball girl. I am so sorry, but that sounds like a big deal. It yeah, sounds like a big deal. Yeah, Schroeder's had a pretty good NBA career. Uh, I mean, he's not the, you know, he, he's not a, a superstar, but the guy's played for what, about, I want to say, seven, eight years now uh, in the NBA. Yeah. Um, 
he's been improving a lot, you know, yeah. recently. And the Thunder, you know, that's a. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, but, uh, yeah, he he was he's a good ball player, Heather. Well, so have yeah. you had so kind of in that same vein? Have you had like NBA players kind of like tweeting about like your team or like your league or anything like that, or not that you know of? I mean, in Argentina, we had uh, you know a lot of good big names uh, that played down there that I played with. Most recently, actually, I don't know how I didn't say this. Um, on my team in Uruguay, I was playing with Al Thornton. Um, okay. So yeah. That's a name, you know, uh, that was in the NBA for a while. Um, but I do encounter some of those guys. Um, I encounter more sort of big name college guys over here. Oh, I played okay. with Manny Harris in China. Um, uh, it's been a lot of years, man. Yeah. But there have been, <laughs> uh, some 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 names, some NBA guys, but usually it's bigger college name guys that I encounter. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah well, I mean that, that's the that's the the proliferate uh, proliferation of like the the basketball leagues overseas is is like it's kind of went through the roof. Like it's uh, basketball's becoming like a really truly international sport where uh you know like when we were growing up international players oh no no can't draft those guys they don't play defense you know they're soft or you know um and then when you saw guys like Dirk Nowitzki get picked and then you you see some of the other guys coming up through South America um you know it's it's finally being like this a truly international sport maybe not maybe not on soccer's level yet but I mean it's it's gonna get there Oh, for sure, man. And what I think we're starting to realize, and you can see it now with um, how some of the players are opting, you know, out of college to go overseas. Some of these guys have been playing against grown men professionals since they're 14, 15 years old, man. Yeah. And that's an advantage that we don't get. We put our players with their level, you know, and we we keep them out of the pros instead of instead of putting them in where mm. these guys are trying to get them to that level as, as quickly as they can, you know, so they can get that experience. If I'm playing against the grownups at 15, what do you think I'm going to be like when I'm 18? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I right, mean, so. How, how do you think, um, you know, the, the one and done, uh, do you think that's going to be good to grow the sport or, I mean, do you see it as more of a detriment? Because like you said, there's the development models way different between the U.S. and the international teams. Yeah, for sure, man. And um, here by, in the U.S., I think we're the only country in the world that intertwines our sports and school. So it's not something that is common anywhere there's everything is club based everywhere else you play for a club and you go to school somewhere else school is school sports are sports and what i'm sort of getting at um is that i i don't i think we're exploiting our our um athletes in in college you know we're Mm -hmm. taking away the opportunity for them to make money and it really comes from these kids that 
are a little bit more underprivileged than than the others. You know, why, why, why do I have to go through this process? Why can't you just let me get paid? You know. And- yeah, I was actually <clears throat> reading an article uh, that theorized that with all this coronavirus and the the downsizing of a lot of sports, you may start to see some of your lesser non-profitable sports move towards more of an international model model of club-based school and sports being separate. Well, I mean, it, to me, that makes sense. I mean, if, if you look at uh, overseas development models, it's just a, um, it's a more streamlined process. You know, it really is. Like you, like you were saying, Lee, well, we're not going to rush this kid. You know, maybe he's got the, the height, but he doesn't, he's not developed yet from a skill set so we're going to keep him in like level B uh, for a year or two and then give him the bump up, you know, or whatever the case is. Um, but, you know, like you were saying here, you know, you're at the, the whim of any school. If you're going to be a professional athlete, um, you know, you're going to essentially, you're going to stop playing high school sports and move to like your traveling baseball teams or your AAUs for basketball uh, and, you know, and then you're, you're sending out, you know, just tape of yourself to every basketball coach ever, you know, and then you're keeping your fingers crossed that somebody just picks up the fucking phone and calls, you know, exactly. and it, 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 it just seems like a, a really convoluted, stupid way to get people uh, prepared to play professionally. Like you said, if, if he can, if he's got the chops, he or she has the chops to play at 18. Let them make money doing it. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is this is the free market, and we're inhibiting people's ability to make money. It makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually kind of you know, it's funny the way that they present it. It's because your whole wh- why do you go to school? What is the whole goal? You know, this education that we must need is to get a job to make money to provide for whatever it is that you do in your life, whether it's a family or whatever. But the end goal is to make money. Why are you taking the opportunity away from me to make money to force me into your institution of education? If yeah. I'm already making enough money, like you're taking, and, and honestly, at times it's millions and millions of dollars you're taking away. Yeah. <clears throat> and it goes even a step further because what they're doing with um i'm not sure of the high school kid's name that's going to the the g league yeah i it's it's almost it's still to me that yeah he gets this half a million dollar contract he might pick up a few extra sponsorships or whatnot but sir you're still taking away millions of dollars away from this kid it doesn't matter that you're giving him you know a half a million dollars and a pat on the back good job that you made it this far but Look at, look at, I mean, just look at it, man. Yeah. He should have been playing, he should be playing professional basketball. <clears throat> so, Would, um, well, I mean, in a sense, though, too, like with the international model, then kind of, I would say, kind of extend the longevity of the player by kind of keeping them kind of in their class and then moving them up. So that way, you know, they're not going so hard so fast at such a young age where they burn out. Yeah, that's true, too. But, what you see now is that our kids are getting specialized anyway. If you have any, you know, sort of inkling that your child is a little bit athletic or this or that, you're putting them in every camp, they're in every AAU tournament, you know, they're doing this and that. And so in my, in my mind, you're going to get that anyways that, Mm -hmm. and if you're going to burn out, you're going to burn out. 
Yeah. It's not for you at, at yeah. the end. You see, you Got see it. the greats that play for twenty years, and you see the guys that play for seven, and mm. there is a difference. And, Got it. You know. <clears throat> yeah. And it's yeah, Jalen Green, by the way, is the name. Oh, Jalen. Yeah. I mean, well, he's yeah. he's not the only one. There was another one that signed a similar deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I think, you know, like Tim was saying that this is this whole thing is going to force athletic departments at schools. Uh, you know, I go to UNC Pembroke, Lee, so it's you know it's a D two mm-hmm. school. Um, you know, it's going to force at these athletic departments to to start operating under a smarter business model. Uh, because right. I mean, if if the football if college football gets canceled, you're going to see athletic departments start firing, you know, so many uh, you know support staff, and then eventually you're going to see sports cut. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, this 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 is, I, I think, going to a club model um, where the school doesn't have to, uh, you know, essentially force these kids like you know you were saying to to have to do this in order to pursue a professional career. You know, if, if if this kid, you know, is really good at a sport, let him pursue it, um, you know, meet the education requirements to, to get a high school diploma. Sure. You know, but at that point, let them go ahead and make their living. Um, but I thought that was a great point. What you said, like these kids are being specialized by 10 years old now. Um, you don't have these guys that are playing football in the fall and basketball in the winter. And then they do like some they track, you know, in the summer before you know, summer practice ramp up. Which, incidentally, is what Lee was recruited for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's if they're going to if it's going to happen anyway, and we're seeing it happen, then just just let it, you know, let them do it. You know, I just I have I have big issues with the NCAA, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's talk about, you know, how sports are impacting all of or how the coronavirus is impacting sports internationally i know everybody here in the u.s everything's like oh we got to get our sports back we got to get our sports back how's that being treated on the international level well man it's sort of the same sentiment it's just it's what ties the world together honestly we without sports i'm not going to say there's no entertainment but it's like uh it's hard you know you have passion in, in your sports or all around it's the, the entertainment that you can identify with. Exactly. There you go. And for, and you can see, and <clears throat> I was just talking about it with my wife last night and, you know, because obviously my job is based on, on international sports. Mm-hmm. So each country is going to do their own thing when they open this, you know, everything starts to open back up and, I think it's going to be really important for us to, you know, analyze situations, you know, see what's really happening in the world before we rush back into to opening sports. I see the ideas of, of playing with with no fans. Um, that one hurts in my in my mind. You know, that's more of a revenue based uh, idea um, yeah. than for the people. But, you know, still people will watch. Um, I don't think the athletes will will perform the same way uh, without fans. But in my opinion, we just got to we kind of just got to wait. We just got to wait probably until the vaccine. And, you know, there's few there's a few sports, you know, your horse racing, your car racing, your your one on ones uh, that may be able to 
to keep going. Um, but as far as sports with with high fan bases, I don't see that you know um, coming back as soon. Yeah. Well, and and you don't have to answer this one if you guys if you haven't you know decided or anything. But how is this virus going to affect your career? Because I mean, let's be honest. You know, you're we're we're both about 32, 33 years old. Um, you know, that's that's usually towards end of careers, and you know, it may be a while. Have have you given any thought on to what the next step is? Are you returning to Uruguay? Are you gonna just play in Australia? Yeah, so um obviously that's been a humongous, you know, thought that you know, we've been processing ongoing. You know, as as you're reading the situation, fortunately enough for overseas basketball, and especially once you get your name established a little bit, you can play a little bit longer. Your your longevity out here lasts a little bit more. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying that to say that I want to play till I'm 40, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll play for long enough. You yeah. know, God's frame and you know injuries and whatnot. But right now, the problem is the borders everyone's right. got closed borders winter country's going to open up i'm not an australian citizen yet um, mm. so for me getting back home may be a problem you don't know how long but the immediate plan is to move on as as normal um okay i still you know i, I keep in contact with my agent frequently and you know, teams are still working. Teams are still watching videos. I still have interest um, around the world. Um, <clears throat> and some countries are in talks already of, of reopening. But for me, what really matters is what Australia does. Um, I don't mind staying here and trying to get a gig in the NBL. If the borders don't open, I already have an advantage over all the other teams, all the other imports because I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. You're there and you've kind of played there for three or four times. Yeah. So um, I don't have any problem. I live here and I love being in Australia. Uh, So that has been a consideration um, for sure. But as for right now, we'll see how it goes. And the plan is to just to move on as normal. So what what is the what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make as you decided to pursue a professional career overseas? Um, it's actually, man, it's funny because it was almost like my life was sort of prepared for it, you know, moving around the U S and having some short term friendships, you know, not, I don't have any best friends that, you know, I've been friends with since I was three, four, four years old because I've always moved around. Um, and the same thing goes here. This life is not for everybody. Everybody can't do it. Everybody can't handle it. Culture shock and, you know, just I'm food sometimes you just, um, but I feel like, you know, I was, I was well prepared to, to be able to move around and and do this and do this, you know, as a living. Yeah, when he said you played in China, um, I remember when Stefan Marbury went over there and he did his first interview with ESPN and he's like, dude, the food, I just, I don't get it. You know, this isn't like Chinese food back in the States. Um, but I mean, he's, I just, I, I love seeing, um, I like reading those stories about, you know, cause we're Americans, we're all, you know, America, we're the best at everything. Um, but then you see, 
you see these guys trying to make the big, you know, not even just the, the men, but I think it's even more prevalent in the, in the women's professional leagues where a lot of the uh, WNBA players double up and play overseas after the WNBA season's over. Uh, but just seeing, you know, how they talk about, you know, the, the adjustments and just getting food or, you know, uh, housing, you know. <laughs> I, I was reading about somebody, a guy who went to Russia to play, and he's like, I didn't realize how tiny apartments were there. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, Japan was was probably my worst living situation. So I was actually almost in a dorm. Um, you know, we all lived in this little apartment, and it was like there were three bathrooms for a team of guys. Were, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. That, was, that was by far my worst living situations. You know, now with the family. It's required two bedroom apartment at the least two bathrooms, and um, but <laughs> you know I, I definitely I could definitely relate you know um, to Stefan Marbury to some other guys you know overseas because there's a lot of culture shock. The food, if you're a picky eater, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Another yeah, thing I, that stopped me from playing international ball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. Just. It was a very short list. I, I understand. Yeah, it was what, a very short list. And what could, what could have been? What I, I, been? I made the joke. I made the joke last episode that Lee and I are, are examples of what happens when you have you know talent and drive and you know you know you practice and if you don't, you end up hosting a podcast talking to those people. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I will say my my next question is probably going to be the most hard-hitting journalistic question you've you've been asked right. probably this entire time. Okay, so I'm really going to need you to be prepared. Okay. Let's get it. Do you hate Christian Latner? Oh, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Should I name the five prongs on the on the video? <laughs> <laughs> Because I know that's your position, so I'm curious. Do do you hate him, or like was he like kind of a big like role model for you? So, like as in playing, you know, playing over the time, you you have a few Christian Leitners out there, and let me tell you, you'd much rather have them on your team than uh, than play against them. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, being being a player, knowing the tricks of the trade, the dirty parts, you know. He was a little bit over the top sometimes. The old stomp on the chest, that was, I can't believe he didn't get thrown out of that game. And then what did he do? He went like a perfect 10 for 10 from the field after that or something crazy. And from the line, he had the perfect game. He had the perfect game, yep. Yeah, and then won the game or something. Yeah, I mean – I mean, I'm just curious. I just, I mean, clearly, because apparently I've learned last week that it is a very big deal. People need to pick sides. (laughs) This is a great one because he's the he's the one that everybody he's the the poster child of hate. You know, the pretty boy and ah, dude, I love that. I love that thirty for thirty. By the way, Um, yeah, we talked about that on our last episode. Ah, that's sweet. (laughs) (laughs) That, That actually came out today. So yeah, yeah. No, uh, that's, that, that's that's how we're kind of filling up our our sports dead zone right now. Is we're watching thirty for thirties and then talking about them. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to that one. That's a good one. Um, and definitely, I don't hate Christian Leitner. Um, 
but I can understand <laughs> why a lot of people do. <laughs> that was pretty much the general consensus. Yeah, I mean, it, it, us three, we were like, yeah, I, I don't really have a reason to hate the guy. Um, <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm anti-anything, it's anti-Tar Heel. Um, that's where I'm at in my life, so. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can relate to him a little bit. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I didn't go to prep school. You know, my family was probably middle class, low middle class, you know, back then. Um, and then, you know, my school I went to and we just didn't lose, you know, so and around the conference, we were that school, you know, and so I know the feeling and it just he was better than everybody else. And it's not his fault that. Yeah. He <laughs> you know, I, I, dude, I, I can't imagine just like and especially basketball, it's it's a sport that typically you have a lot of personalities. Um, and you, like even, you know, with you at Finley, I mean, you went four years and just played your like your whole team was just that, you know, they were the bullies of the conference, like you said, uh, you know, yeah. um, but like no one should have to get shit for that. Like this is hard work, you know, uh, you and your buddies know each other, especially probably by after your sophomore year, you know where everybody's going to be at at any time. You know, um, and that, that's something that should be congratulated, but people just shit on it. And I'm just like, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And you don't see it anymore. Um, the days of four year players is gone, especially four year players like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's done and dusted. So we'll never see that again. Um, so uh, he could go down as one of the greatest college players to ever play the game. I mean, yeah. four final fours. I mean, two of his shots were game winners. Yeah, and, and like the crazy tournament. game winners, man. <laughs> it, I, mean, I don't know why they didn't put somebody in front of him when he when he went to catch that ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, had two guys standing right behind him. But... Um, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Here yeah. nor there. <laughs> here nor there, but... Hindsight's twenty twenty, all right, Lee. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Look, I watch a lot of videos. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we can see. I, I could easily see him being, you know, one of the greatest uh, college players of all time. Definitely. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody can argue that. Um, I mean, he still owns like ten or fifteen records, uh, you know, NCAA tournament records. And like you said, those numbers aren't dropping anytime soon uh, because no. we don't have four-year players anymore. Um, nope. Now, how you know, there's been a lot of changes in college basketball, um, you know, and even you know, uh, even at Division Two, like you're seeing a lot of conference consolidation, um, you know, and, and schools are moving. Like Pembroke just moved from the Peach Belt to back to Conference Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do do you, do you think that uh, that could have a negative impact on, on the college game or, um, you know, or, or could it actually help? Because, uh, you know, like you were saying, you're, we're probably going to see a lot more guys skipping college to go directly play now overseas. Right, right. Um, listen, to be honest with you, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge follower of college basketball just because I don't support the institution that much. Um, okay. Because of what 
I'm not sure. Give give me a little bit more information. I'm interested on what you said. Who moved from where? Uh, Pembroke Pembroke just moved all their sports from the Peach Belt to Conference Carolina, um, and uh, they uh, kind of a mega conference, Division Two conference, grew up in the Mountain East that covers five states. Um, okay. And you know that typically you don't get that in Division Two or Division Three. They're more local conferences. Um, right. To, to kind of cut down on travel and, and the other ancillary costs that go with running a program. Um, yep. You know, but I mean, like for me, I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the NCAA, so I, I do respect the shit out of you for, for taking that kind of stand. I just, I love, like, dude, I watch Canadian football. You know, I watch, <laughs> you know, I, like, I, the thing I love, I love. And, and even though I have issues with it, you know, uh, like it wrinkled me for years that the NFL was a nonprofit organization. Uh, you know, like how? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Mac, where are you from? Can I ask? I'm from Northeast Ohio, man. Uh, that's that's home. Uh, I graduated from LeBray, uh, right outside nice. of Levittsburg. So, just a rinky okay. town. <laughs> nah, nah, that's cool, man. Um, that, yeah, that's I how just... I met Mac. Was talking about Ohio State. Yeah. yeah I was all. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of Ohio State, man, we've got um, – who do we got? Oduko and um, – oh, who's the, the other guy? We've got two good guys coming up in the draft. Yeah, t- um, Young Young and Okudo will go first round, yeah. and I keep seeing Dobbins second or third. So, I, Right, I, right. I mean, and, and so, Ryan, Ryan Day is killing on the recruiting trail, by the way. <laughs> the, question, the question is, is – <laughs> Heather's driving a stake into her neck because she's an LSU fan. <laughs> um, all right, who's uh? What's the what's the? I want to hear you guys' top three because I want to see. Obviously, we got Burroughs going number one. Is everyone yeah. on consensus that? Yeah. yeah. All right, and then what's your guys' number two? Who's looking number two? I mean, I I think it's. My, I, I, I think it's going to be Chase Young, um, honestly. Yeah, I do too. And I, and I, I hate just, to say that as yeah. it tastes like vinegar, <laughs> but you know what? I'll, I yeah, actually, it's going to be. I saw a mock draft on Yahoo today that said that Atlanta was going to trade up to number two and take Okuda, and Young was going to fall to Detroit at three. Why? Well, I, I, I love Jeff Okuda, but he's not the number two overall player. Um, Cornerback, nah, cornerback nah. is is not something you need to draft that high anymore. You know yeah. because yeah. You, I just thought that was interesting because yeah. pretty much everybody's saying Chase Young number two, but that was an interesting little twist yeah. that one of the mockers well, had. And well, I think three is going to be Tua. So you, you think, think so? to Detroit, or is Detroit going to trade or Miami? Yeah, I think I know. it could go to Miami. Yeah, I think I think I think man, I don't know. You don't think Okuda is going to go number three? Mm mm. With, no. With, with Honestly, I could see who's got the four. Is that New York? Yes. This is the Giants. Honestly, I, see- I don't know that anybody needs to trade up any higher than four. Because what I'm seeing is is uh, Jedrick Wills at four, an O lineman. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a deep. This is a deep draft for wideouts. And offensive linemen this year. Yeah. So you're going to see a run on those guys, I think, at the at the top half, and then you'll see got you'll see organizations kind of you know we can take rather than taking this guy in the second, we'll grab him in the third because there are so many good ones. Um, but 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I wish, I hope the Pats, you know, work some magic, package some picks, and we can go get Tua. I'd love to see Tua in a, in a Pats uniform. Um, but I, I think a lot, a lot of the front office guys are going to be really scared about drafting him. <laughs> You're a Pats fan? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was... <laughs> yeah. My, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pat, Pat Patriot is what got me into it. So, and I, I, I will be a fan when we plummet back to, you know, earth this season. Uh, because Julian Edelman's the last man standing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was Brady, not Belichick. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I don't talk about the former number twelve. Um, he's no yeah. longer a Patriot. It's, so it's a, he's it's persona still not a, Rana. That is uh that's still a uh, healing wound. Yeah. Late, it, it, it's so. a scab right now and it, it, it only got worse when Gronkowski who <sighs> Who wouldn't come back last year when we needed him? You know, decides, oh yeah, fuck it, I'll I'll, I'll come back and play, but I, I'm only playing with Brady. And then he goes on in the fucking press conference and it's like Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, man, I love those guys, respect those guys. Why didn't you play last year, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. So I like I like the top three, man. Uh. So you guys got two ago on number three. That's yeah, interesting. I- yeah, I, I love I, – I don't – like, Herbert, I don't understand the love with him. Like, he is a big, um, you know, quarterback. But we've learned that, you know, you don't – those guys are slowly getting phased out. Um, you know, yeah, like, man. you know, you, you, you have to have a quarterback that can move in the pocket um, and, and get big chunk runs if, if you need them. You know, yeah. like – I could see him – I could see him going six. Herbert, I can see him going six. Yeah, I mean the the Dolphins. Who's that? The uh, Chargers. Yep. Yeah, I mean the Dolphins and the Chargers both need a quarterback. Um, I mean, it, it's just I think you're you're probably going to see a couple moves uh, teams that draft higher in the in the first round trade up to move back in, uh, just to you know plug some holes, um, you know. But I mean I don't know. It, it's I've seen all these mock drafts and the only like Sherlock is Burrow at one chase young at two, you know, mm-hmm. and then three yeah. is just interchangeable. Yeah. 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 It should, it'll be interesting. It all happens tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. we'll, we're, we're planning on doing, or at least attempting to do a live show probably around the second half of the first round, uh, getting all three of us on here. So feel free to weigh in on your picks when we do that, if you want to. Yeah, I mean, we we love having anybody on that wants to talk sports because it it just it makes us look better because we talk less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, honestly, I've enjoyed this this morning. I'm gonna have to drop off, guys, because my wife is out there juggling my daughter. And uh, trying to well, well, one last question though before you go, and this is really yep. honestly the most important one. Right. Do you think Carol Baskins killed her husband? <laughs> We need to know where you stand. Uh, Just say yes. Yeah. You do. <laughs> right answer. Well, Lee, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, I'm glad we were able to connect and do this. I know Mac was really excited when I told him. I was like, I reached out and was like, hey, he'll be on. Um, we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, man, thank uh, you so much. 
we wish you all you the best so in your career. Much. Yes, absolutely. Hey, listen. Uh, thank you guys so much for inviting me on. Please, please invite me back sometime. You know, absolutely. Talk less about me and more about some other sports. Um, <laughs> I love sports, <laughs> and you know, especially in these times right now, yeah, it's it's what we have. Yeah. So, uh, thanks again, uh, Tim, Mac, Heather. Um, I'll be tuning in. You know, please listening do. to your guys. Yes, please do. We. We need another. We need it to replace the international listener we lost when he yeah, came back. Because he deployment. came home. From yeah. Deployment, so. <laughs> Real quick, if anybody wants to follow you and your career, where can they find you? Um, listen, you guys. My wife does a great job. I have a Facebook fan page, and she updates all my stats and and everything on there. So it's Lee Roberts on Facebook, and then you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just normal me interact with me um i'll write you back and yeah man so that's it all right man tell your family i said hi yeah, be safe with everything much. going on man yes thank all you right. so much all right take it easy man bye dude that was fucking cool he's so right? nice <laughs> he's, he's a, a great boy. dude that's a good uh, boy so Turning to the news, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, Rob Gronkowski retired in March of last year, but decided he was going to come back, and the Patriots traded him to Tampa Bay to reunite him with Brady for a... uh, They traded him and a seventh-round pick for a fourth-round pick. I'm sorry. I believe you mean Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't wait to see that copyright application. Well, I mean that stung, but I mean getting a fourth rounder for a retired player, good move. Yeah, um, you give up a seventh, you get a fourth, essentially. Yeah, but I mean he still has two other seventh round picks, so it's not like you know that's what Bill Belichick does. You know he well, hoard, hoards low round picks. <laughs> well, and here's lest you two forget. He is the 24-7 champion on WWE. Yeah. Yeah. So he is has there any to chance that that carries belt. on until the season? You don't know. Um, Literally, I, I, it is I feel my like, dream. I feel Listen. like Goodell is going to be like, no, you cannot come into the season no. holding that belt. Listen, yeah. no, listen. It is my dream to at some point during like the halftime show to see him like running across the field and you just have like this horde of wrestlers running behind him and he's got the belt. <laughs> that is my dream. Okay. Yeah, but his his contract is going to stipulate that he won't be allowed to wrestle. Um, I'd almost put money on it just with his injury history. Um, and and a lot of the a lot of those NFL contracts, um, well, not even just the NFL, but across professional sports, you know, like you can't ride jet skis, you can't ride motorcycles, you can't, you know, do this, you can't do that, you know. So I mean, I'd be interested to see what the contract actually said um, Listen, in regards saying, he, to his he, NFL, needs, his. he needs to defend it. Okay, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. He's got to defend it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was funny. I saw a lot of people that were like, "Yeah, he's gonna like bust over the middle and then." Like some mid card wrestler is going to come off the sidelines and like spear him right exactly. before he gets the ball. Listen, <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears, okay? Isn't that just called the XFL 1.0? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the XFL, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but in, <sighs> Oliver, 
Oliver Luck is suing uh, Vince McMahon. No, I did not see that. Is yep. he? Yep. He's seeking $40 million in compensation. Ooh. Yeah. So, wow. Of course wow. they would end something right when we decide to get behind it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I didn't buy a hat. How dare you? We still wear our hats. I'm going to wear my hat till I die. Exactly. Just like with my Orlando Apollos hat. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) What is it with um, you picking the winners for, you know, five or six weeks? Why? Why did you ask him that question? We both know know how that answer is going to (laughs) go. Uniforms. (laughs) No, I mean, the the funny thing about... uh, you know, typically when you have bankruptcies in cases like this, the person sues, you know, the organization. But uh, I was reading that he's suing uh, Vince McMahon straight up because he's got a better chance of getting the money. So, I mean. Well, it, Vince McMahon is going to be a little busy. I'm starting to bit. worry about his wallet, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he cashed out 300 mil in, in WWE stock to start the XFL. Um, you know, he's claiming a pretty low amount of assets in what was left of the, the XFL. Um, you know, and I imagine, you know, I mean, he's, he's hurting the way all other professional sports owners are right now, you know, no asses in seats, no merchandise being sold, you know, or whatever the case is. But I mean, I, I think you're right. And then he money. pays 18 and a half million to be able to continue to record. Yeah. And, uh, it yeah. came out this week that one of the staffers is like, no, if the the governor needs to stop this, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, it's it, been it's, all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, uh, you know, there are like we were talking about with Lee. There's going to be a lot of athletic directors that are going to have to take a long, hard look about how they do things if there is no college football. Um, yeah. You know, and I know every state's going to be different. You know, there's going to be different rollout procedures, but. Um, we don't have widely available testing and, and, you know, we're still kind of throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks when it comes to treating it. So, I mean, I'd rather, do I want football? Uh, Yeah, I do. But I also don't want to see people dying because they, you know, went net, you know, went to Baton Rouge to see the Tigers play or to Columbus to see the Buckeyes play. I don't want anybody getting hurt, you know, or, or getting sick. I just, I want people to be smarter about this, but I just feel like that's not exactly how we're looking right now. Uh (laughs) Uh, One of the leagues that's being hurt the hardest is minor league baseball. We talked a little bit about it last week uh, and how they're going to be struggling to survive with no fans because that's where they get all of their money. And it came out this week that it looks like the professional baseball agreement, which minor league baseball had been fighting until the virus hit, um, is probably going to pass. And that's going to reduce the number of minor league teams from 162 to 120. Yeah, I mean, the the rookie league, the rookie leagues, uh, they're going away. There won't be any more rookie league ball. Yeah, yeah, uh, those players, you know, uh, a New York Penn League, uh, the Mahoning Valley Scrappers, was in my backyard where I graduated high school. Um, so they're going to have a baseball stadium with nothing to put in it. Um, you know, there's going to stand up one more short season single A league. There's going to be some teams moving a little bit. Um, but it, it, it puts more control over minor league baseball in the hands of the parent club. 
Yeah, because I think I saw all 120 teams will have to be affiliated. Yeah. It'll be four affiliates per team. Yep. Um, so yep. that'll be very interesting. Uh, worth noting for our local listeners, it does not look like the Woodpeckers are going to be impacted in any way. No. Um, other than the Frederick Keys, who are one of uh, one of the teams that we play against, are probably on the chopping block. Yeah, the... No, that's that's not probably. Those are the teams that are being eliminated. There's no. Oh, okay. That. Uh, okay, that, I thought that was mostly speculation, no, or at least the proposal. No, that was that was what was offered to the the minor league, um, you know, coalition, and they just have to eat it because gotcha. the revenue is, like you said, Tim, is generated through ticket sales, but a big chunk of their money come from the parent clubs. You know, the parent clubs pay a lot of you know the minor league affiliates a lot of money, um, to to you know, groom these young players coming up through the system. Um, I mean, the other big change is the Pacific League, uh, Pacific Coast League out west, which is AAA, is getting cut down to 10 teams. And the International League, or not the International League, the, uh, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, the International League uh, is going to be pumped up to 20 teams. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to kind of geographically align things. Uh, to cut down on travel and, and all that other stuff. So, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's shitty that the Major League Baseball owners are doing this to um, these teams. You know, the New York Penn League's been around off and on for quite a while. And, um, you know, I think the, it's all, it all came down to control. They just wanted to make sure that their, you know, their product is being, you know, uh, taken care of in the right way. It's bullshit to me. Yeah. Well, I did see on Facebook the other day, it came up in my memories, or no, not in my memories, but on the memories for Fable Observer of opening day at, uh, at, Sagra. at, at Sagra Stadium. And I was like, aww. Yeah, yeah. that came up on my memories because I was there for opening night. Uh, yeah. That was an incredible experience, I tell you what. Uh, but it'll but be back. It will be back. It, it will be. Um I need to reach out because the the new broadcaster for the Woodpeckers said he'd be on our show, and you know I need I need to make that happen, and we can talk more about minor league baseball and its future. Yeah, um, I mean, if so. anybody if anybody would know about it, it'd be a guy who's you know works directly with the team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, and I just you know they they, they say there's going to be this thing called like the Dream League, where there'll be unaffiliated teams that like Major League Baseball fronts the money. Um, and it could be for kids who didn't get picked up. Uh, the draft is being reduced in the amount of rounds. You know, this is going to eliminate some baseball jobs. Um, a lot so, of baseball jobs. Yeah, 42 you know, teams adds up to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's it's a shame that, you know, Major League Baseball essentially took a pandemic and bent minor league baseball over, you know, and, and told them, hey, you have to take this deal. You don't have a choice. Yeah, the timing worked out perfectly for Major League. Yeah. Uh, the only other piece of news I have is I saw a report today that NASCAR, I know how Mike feels about NASCAR. Not uh, a sport. Not a sport. <laughs> may make a return as early as mid-May in Darlington. Well, uh, that's a shame because NASCAR's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely so. valid. You know what? You know what? You you are valid, Mac. Uh, yeah, I, I'm you are, sorry. You are valid. I, uh, 
I, I never. It's fun to watch. For me, it's fun to watch. But again, you know, I grew up in North Louisiana. There's not a whole lot to do other than watching cars drive in a circle for a while. I, I, can't, so, I can't do it. Like, I tried really getting into it when I was a kid because my mom loves it. Um, you know, and I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I leaned I, I, into it for a little bit for like a year or two. And, you know, I still like pay attention to who's performing well, but I don't watch races anymore. I mean, D- Dale Earnhardt's still driving, right? No. <laughs> Neither of them, because I think Neither Junior of them, retired. Yeah. Junior retired. Okay. Yeah, they, the one I watched is retired, too, because I I watched uh, Jeff Gordon. I was a mm. Jeff Gordon fan, so. Yeah. Uh... So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I hear names of people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that name, but meh. Yeah, I mean, if if NASCAR like, what is the plan, Tim? Are they gonna hold the races without fans or yep, like that's that, that the plan? That's the idea. Um, Darlington. Well, here's the thing: they don't really need the fans to start with. Right. Yeah. They <laughs> don't. Uh, get get that TV revenue and yeah. call it a day. Yeah. That's um, all they need. That's all they need. They didn't need the fans anyways. Yeah. So, so Darlington usually holds the Southern 500, which kicks off the, the playoff chase for the uh, cup in September. But it looks like they may be, it's unclear whether or not this is going to be Darlington's only race of the year, or if they're going to still do the Southern 500 and have this race next month. Um, but it's going to be fanless. It's not confirmed yet. We'll probably know more in the next couple of weeks. I guess the driver's, like the driver's main stipulation was that it was a short distance from um, Charlotte. Okay. You know where where most Na- most of NASCAR is headquartered and everything. So they yeah. they wanted to have it somewhere close. Um, Plus, the other option live was in, Florida. Uh, Myrtle too. Aren't there like quite a few like in around Myrtle too? Well, I know a lot of their workshops, uh, their garages are directly between Kannapolis and Charlotte. Um, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Almost all of them have their shops there. Okay. And, yeah. And, yeah. And with the team consolidation that happened a couple, probably five years ago now, like you don't have a lot of independent shops anymore. Like you are setting up with one of the big boys in and around Charlotte. Yeah. My, my old job, it's headquarters was actually like you drove past like several of them to get to our headquarters. So, um, but yeah, that's the, that's the last piece of news I've got. You guys got anything? Um, no, uh, because this has been like an even more dry sports week than we've mm-hmm. had. You know, I mean, it's like Gronk happened and then, eh. yeah, right. <laughs> like, like we get just little blips, just little blips. Yeah, and because it's all we get, it. it gets blown way. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, we did not talk about the uh, the Red Sox penalties. Oh, oh yes. What? What penalty? What? You know, like, that. That. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, so it came too. out today. Major League Baseball issued their. We'll call them penalties against the Red Sox for the sign stealing scandal. Um, and in comparison to what the Astros got, it's a pittance. Yeah. Uh, replay operator J.T. Watkins was banned through the 2020 playoffs, and he can no longer do the same job in 2021. Uh, Alex Cora is banned for through the 2020 playoffs, but that's because of his conduct f- with the Astros, and I think he was already banned for that. Um, uh, I and so. 
they lost the 2020 second round pick. Yeah, and I don't know, man. I, I, that's that's nothing. You know, Cora, you know, he was a, a hot name as far as, you know, managing and, and all that shit. Um, and, you know, he got fired. Ron Renicki is, is the new manager for the Red Sox. Um, officially had the interim title taken off of his, you know, off of him today. But, you know, it, I just, it, like, why even bother? You know, if that's all you're going to do, um, like, you kind of, I mean, I thought that the Astros penalties were even light, but they were exponentially more than what the Red Sox got for doing the same shit. You know, <laughs> I just, okay, man. Uh, I, at this point, I just want to punch Rob Manfred right in his fucking dick and then laugh at him. Also, there was a, a small piece of news for golf fans that they're they're bringing back the ma- the match champions for charity, and it's going to pit uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady against each other in golf. Who was that last name? <laughs> uh, Poor Mac. Poor Mac. This is going to be a very long, long summer and football season for it's him. It's it's okay. It's okay. And it will I, I kind of don't feel like it is. But it will it raise money for a COVID nineteen related charity. So, um, I I just know that I will officially bust out my Drew Bledsoe jersey, and I will I will never wear anything with number twelve on it again. Oh, okay. Okay. I but appreciate, I my, appreciate my, my thoughts and prayers. My thoughts and prayers are with you during this <laughs> difficult time. But that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd. You can get in on conversation at our Hometown Crowd podcast group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd pod. As always, subscribe on your favorite podcast source. And if you're an iTunes listener, please leave us a review with your name on it and we will read it on the show. Uh, for Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. We want to give a special thank you to Lee uh, for joining us this evening. It was a lot of fun. And thank you for cheering with the hometown crowd. Hi, everyone. And listen, hey, if you get dizzy after spinning in one direction, just spin in the opposite direction to cancel it out. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>